Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. All right, it is time for the Monday Night Recap. This is AJ talking about what we played last night and was it good? Was it bad? Let's find out. Last night, we finally got Spirit Island to the table again with four players. I was a little bit nervous going in that it was going to take a lot of time. I was nervous that people weren't going to like it because it it had a lot of uh, moving parts, a lot of things to think about, and I just thought it was going to be a little bit of information overload, and it was, but we were not disappointed at all. All four of the people who were, excuse me, all three of the people, including my, uh, with, ah, all four of us had a really good time playing this game. We sat down. It took us about probably 30 minutes to get through the rules because there's a lot of stuff going on. And we just started rolling with it. The first round took a little bit of time. Second round took a little bit of time. By the third round, we knew what we were doing. We knew what we were going for. And it was so much fun. I had a couple hesitations about this as I talked about in the Theology of Games podcast, our most recent podcast, just due to its weightiness. And after we played it last night, it was a long game, I won't lie. It was incredible. I loved it. We we had so many powers that were going on and so many things to look at and just enjoy what was happening in the game. It was fun because we'd, we'd be doing things to thwart the invaders and, and we'd have these powers that were ready to play and then something else would happen from somebody else's power that would kind of negate what we were trying to do and it was like, oh darn it, we spent our resources to use that power but now we don't even get to use it but it didn't matter because we wouldn't have been able to use it anywhere else anyways and it was, ah, it was awesome. So we just had, we just had powers overlapping and it, it was it was incredibly difficult to try and manage, but there was not one time where we thought we were not enjoying the the thinking and strategizing about what we were going to try and do. I loved it. We didn't have a lot of people uh, APing the game, uh, and nobody was just playing fast and loose and free either. We had a good moderate blend. And we ended up winning. Now, I'll say this. We played it on a pretty easy scenario. Uh, We did play with the just regular Blight board that's out there. So when Blight is coming out, you're allowed to put five Blight on per player on the the Blight board. And when all that Blight is gone, um, you lose the game. There's other ways to lose. But uh, we didn't really fear losing all the Blight because it wasn't, we were controlling it well enough. So had we played with a Blight card, it probably would have been a lot more difficult. When that Blight card flips, uh, some really bad stuff starts to happen. Uh, But it was good. It gave us a feeling of success and satisfaction for our first game. So uh, next time we go in, I will probably play with a Blight card and uh, an Invader. Or maybe I'll add a scenario. I probably won't add both. I'll either add an Invader or a scenario. But Spirit Island, well worth the money well worth the investment of time and and figuring out how it works because you're not going to be disappointed. It's a great, great game. And I'm already considering uh, buying the small box expansion. It's called uh, Claw and uh, uh, Branch and Claw, I think. 
And then there's the new one coming out that's on Kickstarter right now, which, oh my gosh, now I'm considering it. More money. Here we go. So that was Spirit Island. We also, we, so it was 11.30 when we got done with Spirit Island. And then I threw out a couple games that I'd be interested in playing. And they were heavier games. I wasn't interested in going to bed and neither were these guys. So um, we ended up playing Castles of Burgundy. Uh, we hadn't played it in a while and these guys wanted to play it. I was okay with playing it too. And it was really fun as well. It's one of my favorite Steffenfeld games. And we got to the end of the game and the player who won the game, he just hit the 200 mark and the players behind him, uh, the players that were behind him, me and the two other guys, we were all within, I think the player who was furthest behind was eight points behind. So we were in that 90 or I mean, 190 to 200 point margin, which made it really fun when the game shook out at the end. You know, nobody felt like, man, I got beat up by this game. We all felt like we played a really good game and uh, the scores were really close. So it gave us good conversation after the game was over, which was at like two o'clock in the morning to try and decide (laughs) how we could have played our games different. So needless to say, I'm going on five hours of sleep and I'm going to school this morning, going to teach some kids and uh, don't forget to get out and vote today. And uh, that's it for now. Check you later. Hey there, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. So, Essen just finished up, the big gaming uh, convention in Germany. And every year you hear about, you know, that there are thieves there, you have to watch out and be careful, even the, the, uh, the exhibitors have to watch out. But this year, apparently like five or six exhibitors got just hammered by thieves, uh, really bold ones too, like Artipia Games is this relatively small publisher and their entire cash register was just taken. $6,000, an entire day's take at Essen, gone. And for a little publisher like that, you know, that's a really devastating thing. So they came up with this clever way to kind of fight back and, and see if they can recoup some of their money. And so they went to Kickstarter and for five of their games, uh, Thief's Fortune, Kitchen Rush, Fields of Green, The Pursuit of Happiness, and Whoosh, they have created five promo cards, all thematically tied to getting uh, robbed at Essen or getting getting robbed. Like one of them is stolen property. One is called upgraded security. One is called prevent robbery, robbery event. And so um, for $10... You will include this includes shipping worldwide. You will get these five promo cards shipped to you, and it'll come out spring of next year. And they had a goal of six thousand dollars, and I think it went live today. It's only going to be up for eight days, and they're already at ten thousand dollars. So they, I know it's going to cost them money to print these cards, but they have already recouped back their money which is a great story, a great way to deal with this. And you can definitely check this out. If you go to Kickstarter, you can look up Artipia Games, or I think this is called A Fair, A Robbery, and A Promo Pack, which is the name of the campaign, which is kind of a long one. I I probably would have given it a simpler name, but still, look for Artipia Games. You can back them, you can support them, and get some fun promos and help them recoup some of the loss from these dirt bags that stole money from them at Essen. So we just wanted to make you aware of that. Check out the campaign and we will talk to you later. Bye. 
Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games Daily. This is AJ, and I am giving you the Topic Tuesday. Today, we are going to be talking about board games that are in the top 100 that we are ashamed. Yes, ashamed that we have not played. We like to consider ourselves well-rounded gamers, but that's just what we like to consider ourselves. We play a lot of games, but there are so many that it's just impossible to touch them all. And so there are some games in the top 100 that we've not played, that we wish we had, and for some reason we haven't. So we're going to talk about what those games are and why we haven't. So I'm going to lead off today by talking about a game that I am ashamed I've not played. This game has been around for quite some time, and it's on its fourth edition, and I wouldn't be surprised if a fifth edition came out later. Um, This game is called Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium is this 4X game where you're conquering, conquesting, exploring, exploiting, doing all these uh, awesome things, a lot to manage in this sci-fi fantasy universe. It's a big game. It takes a long time to play. I'm not sure that I'm upset that I don't own it, um, but I am upset that I haven't played it because this is one of those games that it's just like, if you're a gamer... You've had to try Twilight Imperium. It's, it's, it's just one of those games that kind of just stands out. You see it everywhere, uh, in, in, in the gaming world anyways. You see it everywhere. And it's got this really good cult following for it. But it also has just a presence in the industry that can't go unnoticed. I've not played Twilight Imperium. It makes me a little sad. I don't know that if I'd be sad after I played three hours worth of the game because I know it's a big game. But, you know, I I do want to try it. I think even Scott got to pick up a copy of this Dirt Cheap at Barnes & Noble a couple years back. Maybe a third edition when fourth edition was coming in print or something. But he's played it. I've not played it. So a little ashamed of that one. And here's the other one. This one, uh, my heart hurts for this one even more than Twilight Imperium. I am a Lord of the Rings buff. I love all things Lord of the Rings. Just absolutely eat it up. And I got this game to the table with my brother-in-law about three years ago. We sat down. We went through all the rules. We were getting ready to play. And something happened where we weren't able to play. And it's never got back to the table since. And that is... Uh, oh, gosh. Now I can't even... Battle for Middle-Earth. There, now I think, do I have it right? Is it Battle for Middle-Earth? by Ares Games. I can't remember. I think I got it right now. And then the other game that they have is the Battle of Five Armies. Um, So I have not played either of those games. And I really, really am sad that I haven't. Now, I know they're both two-player games. I know that in one, uh, the the Lord of the Rings-based one, um, battle can't be initiated by the good guys, at least in... Uh, the Hobbit version, the Battle of Five Armies, you can initiate if you're the good guys. But I've not played either. I know that some people say Battle of Five Armies is a little bit better. I wouldn't know because I haven't played them. I wish I had because I love all things Lord of the Rings. There are games that are hard to get your hands on because um, they're just a little bit more expensive. And that's a lot of money for me to drop on a two-player game. Maybe it'll hit my collection sometime, but I probably want to play it first. Uh, Just because it's Lord of the Rings doesn't mean I have to have it, but it does mean that I have to try it. So uh, I've not played those games, and I wish I had. 
What games have you not played that are in the top 100 on BGG? And by the way, the top 100 on BGG just means games that are really popular. Doesn't mean they're actually the best. But uh, it means that people just really think those games are hot right now. And so, um, what games haven't you played? Those are some of the games I haven't played. We want to hear from you, though. That's it for now. Check you later. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com. I loved AJ's topic of games in the top 100 from the geek that you are ashamed you've never played, or that you ought to have played, or any of those. So that gave me an opportunity to go through the top 100 and find out how many I'd never played, and it turns out I have not played 13 of the top 100. Here they are. Number 14, Seventh Continent. 19, Arkham Horror LCG. 35, Kingdom Death Monster. 37, Azul. 45, Clans of Caledonia. 51, Dominant Species. 54, Fields of Arl. 65, The Gallerist. 78, Pandemic Iberia. 82, Forbidden Stars. 91, Arcadia Quest. 97, Chaos in the Old World. And 100, Grand Austria Hotel. Now, of those, the one I really feel like, oh, it's surprising that I haven't played that, is Azul. It is an award winner. It is a kind of a non-gamer-friendly game. It's gorgeous. I've heard great things. It has been to a game night, and I've just never ended up playing it. So that is probably the one that, if I play any of those ever, that's going to be one that I, well, I'm sure I'll end up playing at some point. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Another one is the Arkham Horror LCG. And I'm kind of torn on this because I've heard great things. I... I really like LCGs a lot, but I don't need another money sink in my life for things that come out with these whatever monthly or bi-monthly packs to spend money on and get way behind. I'm so far behind on the Lord of the Rings LCG. It's not even funny. And so do I want to dive into another one that will just ultimately peter out for me because I can't keep up with it? No. Or yes, I don't know. I want to. I still want to try it. And in fact, a couple of friends last week at uh, our game group, they broke off and played it themselves. So I'm sure I could get that played as well. Now for the other ones, I'm kind of like, eh, like a friend of mine really likes Clans of Caledonia, so maybe at some point I'll play that. But Pandemic Iberia, eh, it would have to be really different for me to care enough to uh, do it. There are a couple that I will never see myself playing. Kingdom Death Monster is too too caught up in the sex and the nudity and the violence of that. It it is not my type of game at all. I have no desire to ever play that. So people who love it, good for you. Not me. And then Chaos in the Old World, uh, I've never played it and I have no desire. A friend of mine, I think I may have told the story here or on the podcast, but a friend of mine played this game. And the idea is that you are like these old gods playing with humans and the map is like actually uh, supposed to represent a human skin that's been dried out and, and this map is drawn on it. And he said when he played it, he felt, I think he would say a presence when he was playing this, some kind of evil presence when he was playing it. He said he would never play this again. And, uh, I I've been there like, uh, I understand what he's saying. I think he was saying this was like a spiritual, uh, demonic kind of thing. And so I have no desire to go anywhere near chaos in the old world. This happened to me once. Um, 
I was actually reading a Stephen King book years ago. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe The Regulators? Anyway, um, every time I would pick it up to read it, I would get a massive headache. And then I would stop reading it, and the headache would go away. And then I would, uh, the next day I would pick it up and read it, and I would get a massive headache, and then stop reading it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm done reading this book. And so I got rid of it. I never read it. I have no desire. Whatever. It's a story I'll never find out about because something was, I felt, telling me not to do that. You can think that's weird. I thought it was weird, but it happened. <laughs> so anyway, that was a massive rabbit trail I went down there. But the point is, I will never play Chaos in the Old World, no matter how good it is, or Kingdom Death Monster. Not my kind of thing. Don't care. But Azul, I'm sure I'll play that. Arkham Horror LCG, I'm sure I'll play that. So what are the top 100 that you haven't played and that you're especially like, oh, I should have played that. Why haven't I played that? So let us know. Thanks for starting this up, AJ. And check out Jeremiah's 100th uh, broadcast of That's How I Roll. That is like it just started as this little nugget of him driving his kids to school and it has blown up into a hundred episodes. He is so dedicated to that. I love listening to it. Check it out. You can win free stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyOfGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.